0: I don't think Randy really needs any introduction. Randy's actually been in the technology portion of consulting with accounting and the accounting industry for over 40 years now. He is a top-rated speaker in our industry, and I can attest to the fact that he is a top-rated speaker. I've, I've been able to hear him speak before. He has all kinds of awards, recognition, accolades, uh, some of them very recent, but let me go through a list with you real quick. He has been named a top 20 thought leader in accounting from 2011 through 2021. Accounting today has put him on the top 100 most influential people in accounting list from 2004 through 2021. And that list just came out in December of 21. He was number 10 on that list currently. And so that's an awesome t- position to be in. He writes a monthly column for on technology for CPA practice advisor. He's published many books. And you probably could have guessed this because of all those other things, but he was also been inducted into the accounting hall of fame. Randy, welcome to the unique CPA.
1: Well, Randy, I appreciate the invitation to speak with you and for your listeners.
0: Yeah, well, no, we appreciate you being here. And I guess we had a Randy and Randy show today. So at least there's only two of us talking to each other. So we'll know which Randy is asking which other Randy the question. I actually was on a conference with you, a virtual conference. and I don't know if you know this or not, but I think it was last October, or November, and somebody asked you a question and I answered it. And I so... noticed that, <laughs> but I
1: thought, hey, you know, that's so good.
0: <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, that wasn't for me. That was for the... I didn't even know there was another Randy on there. But so I remember that. And I'm thinking, why are they asking me this technology question? I don't know the answer. So I'm glad you jumped in after me. So thanks for thanks for saving me on that one. It's all good. <laughs> um, all right. So so that being said, let's get into this 40 years of, of working in technology with accounting. In general, you know, I know you have multiple businesses. I don't know what they all are. I know you got. K two enterprises. I know you have the Network Management Group, uh, or it's. um, I think I'm missing one initial at the end of that. N M G I. Correct. Am I? Is Mm -hmm. that okay? Network
1: Management Group Inc.
0: Okay, Inc. That's the part. And so all these different things. So where? What are these different entities you have? What are they doing? And where are you really concentrating your time? But I think your time is everywhere. It seems like to me.
1: Yes. Thank you for the question on that. I do have multiple interests, kind of a serial entrepreneur might be a way to think about it. So if there's something that's worthwhile that comes along, I will tackle that. So uh, trying to keep this short, yes, I am one of the partners in the K2 organization. So we provide loosely 1,600 events to about 100,000 CPAs every year in the U.S. and Canada. That continued during the pandemic virtually uh, some of that being live, but so that's one business and a very fine group of people to learn. We basically study technology and how it can be applied to the accounting profession. So that's the specialty of that whole group. My network management group business I founded back in 1983 with a partner, and I bought him out after 30 years and have transitioned that over into my uh, uh, over to my son, who actually is a better people manager and a better technician. Than I am. So I'm anxious to see what happens with that business over time. But that business specialty is supporting CPA firms from Boston to Honolulu 24 by 7. So we're, to my knowledge, the largest managed service provider to the accounting profession uh, today. You know, a third business I'll just call out is, uh, you know, I'm supporting a group called Rx Genomics, and we basically have created a product. Pharmacogenetics product that if we do a cheek swab on you, we can determine if you're taking the right medications. Wow. One third of the people on the planet are on the wrong medications. And if I can get a genetic test on you, I can get you on the right treatment regimen. And that's true for people that have high blood pressure or depression medications or, or, or it's a lot of very common medications. You know, I understand why people have trouble with the pharmaceuticals. I'm not a ph- pharmacist. But the pharmacogenetics people said, look, here's what we can do if you can figure out how to get a technology to deliver that. And that's what we built. So that's number three. And there's more. But for our audience today, obviously, it's the deep ties to the profession. And then this is probably the last way I'll close up. I've been fortunate enough to do paid consulting work for pretty much any technology vendor that you can name, not Salesforce, Google, or Facebook. But pretty much any tool to the profession, I've probably done consulting work for. So that includes all the hardware boys, Apple, Dell, HP, IBM, Lenovo, and it includes Microsoft with Windows and Office, and it includes Intuit and CCH and Thompson, and you get the idea. We can keep going.
0: Oh, you can keep going. I mean, that I, I'm getting goosebumps listening to this. I mean, it's amazing. And I've known this, but the influence you've had on technology in the country in general, but on a county for sure, is just amazing. And, and when every time I read about something you've done, I mean, I, I read about something with with Excel, and I think you just mentioned that, that, you know, the accounting format and with the pivot tables. And I think I've heard you say that pivot tables are no longer the thing. Is that you recommend something else now?
1: Yeah, well, what's going to happen, and and yes, I'm an original designer on the accounting format in Excel and, and pivot tables, that's correct. And so what's happened is Microsoft has built a new reporting capability, the data model, or as I sometimes call it, the hidden table in Excel, and new generation commands that will do a lot of the things that pivot tables have done up to this point, but it will do them faster and more effectively and pull it from databases and so forth. So, yeah, there's, there's a pretty big transition that will go on in the Excel world on that point over the next few years. All right. So, I have to learn something new is what you're telling me. I'm thinking that's probably going to be the case. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Well,
0: luckily, we have about 40 people working with us. I'll let them learn something new and I'll just keep talking to people. Um, but yeah, that'll but be that'll be cool. Because we actually, as a company, we use Excel a lot for just credit models for the different credits and incentives we work with. We build them all in Excel
1: and I think Access as well. And is there something that we should be looking at then? Oh, Probably. If you're using Access, yes, I'd probably have you on something different to, to get those models done more rapidly. But as it turns out, not only is it the modeling you're doing in Excel and Access, there's so much across the whole Microsoft suite. And you know, one of the key takeaways from today together is Microsoft is very intentionally trying to get us all into the Microsoft 365 platform. So we use more than a few of their 37 or so modules. Okay. And you know there's there's capabilities that we set aside that we absolutely could use and let's just pick on Power BI as an example because you know some of the new export and import into Excel capabilities are pretty clear to be in place. And you know, a lot of CPA firms haven't really brought themselves up to speed on Power BI, even though XCM workflow reports with Power BI, the Thompson products can work, report with Power BI, the CCH products report with Power BI. A lot of the practice management's report with P- Power. Wait a minute, you can see knowing Power BI might be a good thing, but yeah. likewise, Power Automate might be a good thing to know. And all of a sudden, you realize. Power Automate, what the heck is that? You know, if you're asking yourself those type of questions, yeah, there's a lot of Microsoft Office to learn.
0: Yeah, well, I am asking myself a couple of questions. What is Power BI and what is Power Automate? So we don't need to educate me on those completely right now today. But let's talk about, because you mentioned accountants and accounting profession and the technology they should be using. This is obviously called the Unique CPA. Our audience is CPAs, your you know technology knowledge is broad but but accounting is where you spend your time um, consulting or, or working with uh, technology. R in general, I kind of assume that our in general audience is about around an eighty person firm and so maybe you know somewhere maybe between forty and eighty percent so maybe we, let's talk about this mid to large size firm and what are their technology needs in general? What are they missing? What is coming up that, I mean, this is a load of questions, and, and you could probably mm-hmm. talk for hours on this, but are there some key things that they should, that they're missing now or that they need that they aren't uh, touching on?
1: Well, Randy, I'm going to start off by just saying I'm kind of a simple guy. I, you know, I say Kansas, KS stands for keep it simple. And <laughs> so I, I do tend to keep it a little simpler, but these are, I think, going to be important points. First, I think that firms and practitioners in specific need to be very cognizant about their client experience. You know, so much of the time, we uh, CPA professionals have provided excellent client service, but they haven't necessarily provided excellent client experience. And so traditionally, we have tried to do that with you know, a first and second generation portal type of approach. And some of those are pretty clumsy and have not been refined by the vendors. You know, new generation portals from the likes of Lycio or SureLink would be a little more refined. I know I did paid consulting work for a CPA firm where we went through 21 portal products or exchange products that were available. And by the way, in 2014, there was one. In 2016, there were two. Huh. So, you know, this is a relatively new evolution in this area and a product that, uh, you know, I helped uh, create with uh, Jess Lipson and Ed Sheely. ShareFile was a very nice little product. I liked it. But once it was purchased by Citrix, they actually haven't kept ShareFile up very well. It's kind of like having your child grow up and, you know, go down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, so there's, there's 21 of these out there. And Not every portal product, every file exchange product actually fits the client model that you're working, but we believe that a lot of firms are very inefficient and somewhat ineffective at their PBC lists, their client request lists for tax and audit, or for client accounting services, or for wealth management, simply because they're doing too many things manually. And again, the client's looking at it and saying, yeah, I'm going to ship this to you on paper. I'll just tell you when I see it. <laughs> All right. or worse yet, I'll send it to you in email.
0: Right. Oh, well, then that gets me into the whole security question then too. email sending files. I'm assuming that's that's a no, no.
1: Well, you typically don't want to send anything that is, you know, financially oriented. That's pretty obvious stuff, you know, no social security numbers, no uh, EINs, any of that type of thing. But see, many uh, firms don't have secure email options. You got to remember that if you send something in, Outlook to Exchange or from an iPhone, you know, to an Exchange server, that's pretty much open text. It's like sending a postcard in the the mail. So as long as you're willing to have anybody in the world read it, cool, go ahead. Uh, But, you know, if you want to keep a little more secure, you know, most of us would at least seal envelopes when we put them in the mail. Well, that's what secure email does. And even secure email can be compromised today. So there's multiple steps that we might be able to take on security and you know we could do our whole time together on security alone and it would probably light your hair on fire and again I don't I don't like to scare people but I'm pretty practical about this to get security right you have to have multiple layers of protection and it's way beyond the simple stuff of antivirus, which there's three styles on, or firewalls, you know, there's so many things that have to be done. So the problem here, I think, for the profession is we're trying to comply with all of the regulatory things for tax compliance and audit compliance and client accounting services. And we've got all of the things that are related to technology to stay up with. And we've got all the risk of security. yeah, And we've got all the things to deal with people not only our team members, but our clients. I mean, you know, I'm, I I look at most practitioners who are doing a good job, and I just realize they are master jugglers and just don't realize
0: it. Yeah, oh, I bet. Yeah, just all the stuff, uh, everything that that the firm needs to deal with. It just as you're speaking right now, I was just thinking, man, that's amazing the things that we need to deal with. You know what? Let's do this. Let's concentrate on one segment right now of technology which I don't know if this would be a small answer. I'm guessing it's a long answer, which is fine. Let's go into this because you just mentioned client accounting services. And client accounting services is a buzzword, client accounting and advisory services. I guess it's CAS, CAS or CAAS. There must be a multitude of options from a technology standpoint to be used in client accounting services. Is there a one- package fits all i'm guessing no is there a suite of things you can pick from is there just go choose this 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 and this and make it work for you how does a how does a firm come up with what they need to be this uh, client accounting uh, or advisory service firm from a technology
1: well, standpoint yeah and i'm going to fork the the answer right away and handle one and set aside the other one even though i think the one i'm going to set aside is more interesting okay because client accounting services involves a whole bunch of technology answers, which I'm going to try to provide. Now, I think the more interesting and valuable to the clients is the advisory work. But many firms have not really done built their advisory practices very clearly. Now, I'll take that advisory question maybe separately a little bit later. Yep. But by my count for the digital CPA, I provided over 70 advisory services that we suggest well, you know, a lot of people are thinking three, four, five advisory services, and yeah, that's that's okay. They're that that four, three, four, five you're thinking about are probably in the list, but there's a lot more options. But coming to the client accounting services, Randy, I've been teaching firms to do client accounting services for thirty years, roughly, and uh, you know, it's only been in the recent. 20 years or so that the software as a service, the products that run in a browser have started to mature. See, most of those products were designed in the late 90s. So it took them about five to 10 years, 2005, 2010, before they became very viable. Now, is there a silver bullet, one size fits all? No. You know, you were correct on that answer. And it turns out I call those things stacks. So there's the Sage Intact stacked. There's the Accountants World stack. There's the QuickBooks Desktop stack. There's the QuickBooks Online stack. There's the Zero Stack. And there's a few more. The ones I've named already are the probably the better ones for CPA firms, but other pretty good ones include, for example, Zoho Books or Aplos or Accounting Suite. And then probably a distant one behind that would be the, you know, the Thompson. You know, accounting CS product. And the issue here is if we can get a SaaS based product that runs in a browser, we're probably going to have to add several different things to make the stack work. And in fact, in the QuickBooks world, I usually suggest there might be 14 client accounting services you could provide. And you're going to need a tool probably for each one of those. And I keep track of what I'd consider the top four tools in each of those categories. So you can do that math quickly and say, well, 14, four times 14, that's 56 tools. Yeah, that's kind of the, the nature of the brute. Right. 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 So so big picture though, Randy, it's real simple. We believe that this will evolve into more pre-accounting tools, things like HubDoc or Dext or Vic AI that gather forms and extract data or that you process bank feeds and that you pump it through your systems and then you can report out in financial reporting tools or dashboarding tools and that you can do the other compliance work, the you know quarterly filings if you're doing payroll and so forth. So in any case, that's kind of the CAS world. And we believe that the CAS services, Randy, should be flat rate build in advance and that you should define what your service package and deliverable is and generally client accounting services can be more profitable than audit services
0: okay so then client accounting services is is and I'm a novice with all this and you said stack you said yeah. I've heard stack a lot. Yeah. I always wonder what that really means. You just said you have your QuickBooks stack. Does that mean that you have all these different modules within QuickBooks to choose from and you pick the ones that are going to work for you? And then that's your stack of, of, of software, of technology that's going to then work together. And then what, in addition, do you grab other pieces of software to work with that, to create this, st- enhance the stack?
1: that's exactly what you have to do okay. it turns out the products that are the base sage intact quickbooks online zero just to name those three as examples all have deficiencies so you have to add third party products to get a complete solution so it turns out each of the vendors try to expand the capabilities that they have but let's just pick on accounts payable as a simple category you know Do they have the ability to do AP? Yes, but can they handle workflow correctly and can they track the documents and do sign-offs and all those things? Generally not. So as it turns out, on accounts payable alone, there are 20-ish different products that you could choose from different vendors. So Randy, when I'm talking about the stack, I'm really referring to products that are compatible with Xero or Sage Intact or QuickBooks Online. And it's even better in my mind that you have a tool that can be used on multiple stacks. In other words, if we take something like, um, I'll just pick Avid Exchange, they have lots of different integrations and would work with all three of the platforms I just named. Does that make them the best AP tool? No. But you know you have very popular tools like uh, Bill.com, you know, which have become endorsed by the uh, CPA.com division. That's a good product. And I helped Renee with the creation of that product. And I like it. But you know, Renee, is that
0: Renee Lassert? Is that it is Renee? I thought I had heard that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And so, as it turns out, there's a lot of good AP products. You know, Altex, DocLink is a good product. Anybill, Acom, uh, Avid, Bill.com, CloudX. Notice I'm only in the C's. (laughs) right? And and so you get the idea that, you know, the problem is as a practitioner, how the heck do we pick the right products? Exactly.
0: What's going through my head right now.
1: Yeah. And see, the problem really has come in tax and audit too. The question is, do we pick a suite and run with the suite player? So CCH or Thompson, Mm -hmm. or do we pick best of breed? And, uh, you know, there's obviously the big boys want you to stay in their suite But as you might guess, if you're getting a suite of products, some are going to be strong, some are going to be weaker. Is it good enough to get the job done? Well, that depends. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And see, the problem in CAS is no accounting software product is good enough to get the whole job done. So the problem is you have to add tools to be able to provide the service offering that your clients need. And then are most of these going to
0: work together or are you bringing in a programmer now to integrate these?
1: Well, that's a wonderful question. And I'll defer the answer to my colleague, Brian Tankersley, who calls this digital plumbing, okay? And that's how you connect these products together because some have application program interfaces or APIs that they can naturally talk to each other. But in other cases, you have to buy third-party tools to make the connections. So popular names of these digital plumbing tools include uh, products like Zapier or OneSaaS or Boomi or C-Data, and there's many more. There's about 30 of those. But typically, as a CPA firm, we can pick one or two integration tools and make the integrations we need. Some of the tools run better at the low end, some better at the high end, but I've actually begun recommending, Randy, that firms, particularly in this 80-person range that you tried to get me to focus on, they're probably going to have a digital plumber on staff, I figure. There's going to be enough pipes that break that need to be put together and so forth. It's like having your own on-team service person, right? So you call them in instead of waiting for the outsider to come in, and that's going to be true with other emerging technologies like robotic process automation or artificial intelligence or machine learning your digital plumber is probably going to run a lot of those too
0: so your digital plumber is going to become the most important person in your firm as we get more uh, technology uh, driven and ai driven and machine learning driven and robotics and everything you just
1: i assume that's a com- it's a competitive advantage if you've got the right person doing that work yep. and the problem is I, th- I don't think you can effectively contract it. You can try, but you're going to have to have somebody that's very available because, you know, products like Zapier, one of the digital plumbing tools, breaks a lot. Well, that isn't very good. And, you know, even some of the bank feed tools like Yodli break a lot. Well, you got to have somebody to fix it when it breaks because the client doesn't care where the problem's at. And particularly if you're doing client accounting services, not the client's problem. Or as my daughter, granddaughter from uh, New York would say, that not be the problem, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, it's it's not their problem. That not be the problem. Right. (laughs) Right.
0: So so let's fast forward a little bit. Well, I may not be fast forwarding because I may be living in the past, but I know this automation on accounting is there. I, are we to the point where we can go all the way from everything's automated where bank and bank information and, and and payroll information and everything comes directly in and the tax return populates and boom, we're done. I mean,
1: we're not quite there, but I would just suggest... You know, my favorite saying from a few years back was if you say it real fast, it sounds easy, yeah. right? And that's kind of what it is. But mechanically, in the correctly configured system today, could you do what you just described? The answer is yes. You could gather from the bank, from the documents, pump it through accounting, pump it through financial reporting, and do, you know, financial statements, balance sheet, and cash flow statements, populate digital dashboards. Uh, deliver reports out to the client and populate a tax return via an audit tool. There might be a little bit of a manual step in there, but not much of one. And then you can actually have auto review of the tax return done by software and artificial intelligence as well. So I don't want to make tax people feel like their job is going away because it's not. But the fact of the matter is you could have technology doing a lot of the traditional prep work, and you really become a first-line reviewer as opposed to a tax prep person. And uh, even the back end of e-filing is automated with technology tools today. The problem is those are all from different vendors. Okay. So the problem is you can't go to CCH or Thompson and get an Indian solution. You've got to do best to breed if you want that level of integration. That's
0: amazing. So auditors are already concerned. Their jobs are going away. Now we're scaring the tax people too, that their jobs are going away. But that's the importance of advisory services that I'm assuming as well, because now we can do all this other stuff automated, but we still are the ones that are going to give you the the information you need to be
1: a profitable running business. Yeah. And see, I'm, I'm not of the school that many people are talking about. The compliance is going away because I okay. think tax and audit's going to be around for a while. But it's going to change, and what we do is going to change uh, as we do that. But I think the strength, if we can get the culture right in our CPA firms, is we can become advisors of the right type. Now, this is a short rant on advisors, so here's the split question getting answered. Yep. Oh, perfect. All right. And in this particular case, there's several characteristics of advisors that I think are, are true. First, they're high and wide whereas a consultant is narrow and deep number 2 they're forward looking rather than backward looking and most compliance stuff tax cas at audit those are backward looking we want forward looking here number 3 there's services that they provide but uh, and i'd break them up into three uh, categories you know primary secondary tertiary or you know core secondary tertiary but usually the primary service that everybody has to provide is planning and the planning is not tax planning, but it's actually business planning and personal planning. Those are core to advisory. And then that leads to the secondary services, which you may provide some of, but if you are not going to provide a service, let's just say business valuation, that you have a relationship where you can do a referral concierge style, like a hotel and, Basically, the client's relationship is with you. And the goal, of course, is to accomplish the client's goals, whatever those are, which may be growth, it may be profitability, but it may be something entirely different, like spending more time with the family. Mm -hmm. And your job as the advisor is to find out what is desired and figure out how to help them hit that goal.
0: Well, I think that's great. and I think that's probably a good spot to uh, wrap up uh, the conversation other than I want to give you an opportunity. Did we miss something? Obviously, we missed a lot because there's so much technology, but there's any important factor you'd like to highlight before we move on to one final question I have? All right. Um,
1: I would just say that if you're looking at your firm, you're going to go through pretty radical transition over the next five years. I've got a long arc here. So I'm looking back, you know, a lot of years, but I would just suggest that the next five years, most of your primary tools will get replaced. Most tax tools, most audit tools, most practice management tools, most workflow tools, most document management tools. And the problem is with all that change going on, your team can only accommodate about one change a year. So the problem is you've got to be orderly, about thinking when you're going to upgrade a particular piece of your technology. And it is going to require more investment in your practice than you might like. And you've got to be big enough not to worry about your retirement income and try to do what's right for the practice instead. So that's kind of a big salvo across that. But you can hear, uh, Randy, we could go back and we could spend a whole you know, session on practice, man. We could spend a whole session on document. Well, you you kind of got that just from yep. listening to me. And uh, it turns out it's a time of radical change in the profession. Not bad, not good, just radical.
0: I go, well, so I, all I just heard is, well, I heard a lot, but you just committed to a weekly uh, recording with me now on all these other subjects. Uh, (laughs) I'm not holding you to
1: that. (laughs) Never mind. I appreciate (laughs) that, but you can, you can understand why I'm, I'm watching this carefully because for practitioners to know all this stuff, it's a, it's a big mountain to climb. And even with a team, it's hard to get it. And there are Relatively few trustworthy consultants to the profession, which is a real bother to me because Mm -hmm. independence is so heavily compromised right now uh, across the profession. I'm really concerned about that. And I've been banging that gong for a couple of three years. All right. Well,
0: I am glad we have somebody like you out there. Not even somebody like you. I am glad we have you out there. And now I'm going to know when I do have questions, you'll be getting some emails from me and uh, you can start that clock going. That's fine too. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And and so to, to end again thrilled that we have you out there as this leader in the industry this leader in technology i have no idea how you have time to do anything else but i want to ask a question which i stopped doing for a while on this podcast and i started up on the last one again what do you do what's your passion what do you enjoy doing when you're not working which i'm not sure how you not are how you're not working because it sounds like you have constantly but what do you do that you enjoy outside of work
1: You know, I have a very long list on that, so I'm going to keep the answer as short as I can, but I will just uh, color my answer by saying I get an unhealthy little amount of sleep. Uh, So part of the way I get this done is I actually function pretty well on about three max five hours of sleep a night. So that that does help for productivity. But, uh, you know, when you're waking up at two in the morning, uh, you know, you can't do a lot of extra things. So but the pleasure things that I do do, and I have a number of these, by the way, uh, we enjoy our grandchildren immensely. And in fact, uh, we see them pretty regularly, including after we're done with this session today, nice. just to give you an example. But uh, it is very normal that we get to see the grandchildren multiple times a week, which is fun, number one. That's part of the reason I continue to live in Kansas. But number two, is I have other hobbies, so I do things like model trains, and I like to play golf, and I like to uh, swim and snorkel and ski. Wow. Uh, so I do a lot of active things like that. But you know, I, I, and coin collecting, you kind of get all of a sudden. It's like, wow, I got all these other hobbies too. Yeah. But the net of it is, I actually like to just hang with the family probably the most.
0: That's nice. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And in, in the three to five hours sleep, I have no idea. I'm not a big sleeper, but three to five hours, I have no idea how you function and you always seem full of energy. So somehow it works for you. So, well, that's great. Before we close up, then if people want to learn more about you or NMGI, did I get that correct? Or K2E?
1: Yes, those are hard. Hard, You know, we were lucky to get very short URLs. I know, that's great. As you would guess, we were early on in the technology. I was just so, going
0: to say that. I'm sure you jumped in immediately. It seems like any new technology out there, you're jumping in
1: immediately. That's right. But uh, you are correct. K2E stands for enterprises. We actually applied for K2, but some ski company got it. I don't know what uh. that's about. And any case, uh, and then NMGI, Network Management Group, Inc., It's probably the other website. I do actually have a personal website. It's not very pretty at randyjohnston.com too. But the bottom line is I answer my email pretty religiously. So, you know, randy at k2e.com or randyj at nmgi.com. I'll be back in email with you pretty quickly.
0: Nice. And then I'm assuming LinkedIn too.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm on all of the LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and so forth. In fact, uh, if there's something that's happening in technology, I actually use Twitter as the main feed to say you should be aware of this. So when there's a security problem, like there's been three of them in the past seven days, you know, I put them out there, just to make sure people know this is a real deal. You okay. better pay attention to this one.
0: Yeah. And I've been hearing more and more and I'm probably behind on that. The Twitter is the way to go. I've been a lot of LinkedIn posting stuff on, you know, for me, it's been a lot of employee retention credit stuff this year, which, which we've been very busy, but Twitter is just, you get that instant uh, uh, information out there. So I need to do, I need to follow your lead and get more on Twitter. So.
1: Well, as it turns out, you'll appreciate this. I have mechanisms that actually take it from Twitter and put it to Facebook and LinkedIn when appropriate so I can get a post at once and it goes all the places. Of course you do. Of Of course you
0: have that. Yeah, of course I do. I'm going to have to ask you about that then too. All right. Well, Randy, thank you very much for taking time to do this today. It's been uh, very informative and very scary for me, but
1: I, (laughs) I appreciate it. All right. Well, so at this point, we'll calm you and the listeners down. It's all good. It's all good. We just have to think about what we want to do, pick the path and go. So Randy, thanks for the invitation and we'll see you another time. All right.
0: Thank you for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading-edge management techniques and styles.
1: This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.